Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. The state, and I know I'm a slave. We can make a break, break the power, break the power. Hello, children. <laughs> okay, this Dad. Is the, yeah, this is uh, it's Father's Day. So uh, this is the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast, episode 354. I am auditassing, as usual, and I am joined with Jared Schneiderman. Hey, guys. And the Dundalk famous <laughs> Alex Schlegel. The Dundalk what? demon. <laughs> yeah. What's going on, everybody? Good to be on back on Facebook. Happy so, Father's Day, Otto. Ha- right. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there. You guys are cool as shit. And some of you are. I don't know. Most of you might not be. I don't know. I don't know you. That I mean, well. if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're probably not that cool. That is true. <laughs> Just kidding. So we have a special guest. He is um, caught in traffic right now. He might be on. He might not be. Who cares? Either way, <laughs> you're going to get some quality shit up in this motherfucker. I promise you this. It was about this 15 is, beers in. I am. I am so drunk. We are going to rock this shit because you know what? Listen to me. You guys are so cool. <laughs> wow. You just contradicted what I said earlier. That That's okay. How dare anyway, so we got a lot of shit to, hand, to talk about tonight we got I, I don't even know as much as a lot to talk about but it's just there's just so much going on in the lp it's yeah. it's pretty much made my entire past two weeks like i've literally lost we lost sleep over this shit yeah there's because- a lot of stuff going on man the lp is falling apart man so we have right now a chair that is literally resigned the chair of the lp is resigned Wow. I don't know if you guys know that that's a huge deal, but that's a really big deal. So Joe Bishop Henchman resigned over this bullshit that's been going on with New Hampshire. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, a little bit about it on the after hours last week. Um, thank you guys for checking in. Uh, go to prlfans.com to find out ways to donate to the show to get access to our after hours show because that's our that's where a lot of the good stuff goes down. A lot that's of where all the good yeah. stuff it goes down. I, I didn't want to the say regular that, podcast sucks. It really does. <laughs> but, you know, you guys in the after hours, that's when I step up my game. That's when I get yeah. a little bit more sober and I can. Yeah, Phil's more, actually get, yeah, he starts to sober up. I get sober. I get more drunk. It, it, it's either it's, way. It, it's like know, a wave. It, it fluctuates. It's a wave. Um, but I don't know what you guys did this weekend, but this past week, I don't know if you guys saw it. I rode a mechanical bull for the first time. I did. I, eh, would you call that riding a mechanical bull? Would you call I, it just falling off? Of falling off. That, that's exactly what I call it. Yeah. I was so drunk. <laughs> I was at a. I was at a. I was at an event in. Uh, I was. It was in uh, Le- near Leesburg, Virginia. Wow. And, oh my god. So like, I, there was just a mechanical bull sitting next to me. I'm like, it's the only time in my world I will ever get a chance to ride a mechanical bull for free. <laughs> And just see how it goes. And I, I even Googled how to ride a mechanical bull just oh, wow. to just to try to stay on as long as you can. But once you get up there and you're about like 20 seltzers deep, you're like, why mm-hmm. seltzers? Christ, dude, dude nothing matters. Yeah, I had a lot of seltzers. <laughs> and I got up there and I, it just 
everything went out the window. As soon as I got on top of the fucking bowl, I I just one little semi turn and I fell right off. So if you want to check that out, go to Punk Rock Libertarians on Facebook and you'll get to see me fall off a mechanical bull after one turn. It's it's literally the most anticlimactic thing you've ever seen, but it's it was funny. I I thought it was hilarious. Oh, okay. It was it was pretty funny, but I, I just I've never gotten the chance to. Have you guys ever rode a mechanical bull before? I can't say. Nah, I, I mean. When I used to in my early twenties, when I right. used to go to PBR down at you know power plant, yeah, I would yeah. I would watch like the like the slutty chicks get up there with like no underwear on and get yes. thrown off. That, that yeah, was oh the extent God. of my bull riding or my mechanical bull experience. Yeah, that's all I've by yeah the same place, Jared. And if those yeah. that aren't aware, it's this kind of like douchey bar spot in downtown baltimore yeah uh, super by the inner harbor like inner harbor and it's like nobody from the city like no one really goes it's just like a tourist trap and then like people from yeah it's only county. people out yeah it's like yeah. county county kids go out there and it's yeah, like yeah. like people way out in the sticks or people that are just like oh hey there's all these bars we're visiting baltimore right and, right yeah. There's a what bar is that i think it, I it's think called it might pbr be. or something yeah. no, no 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 oh there's another one little, Angels Rock Bar is attached to this redneck bar. Angel, Angels is probably yeah. honestly Angels is probably the best one there because it's just like chicks dancing on top of the tables, and they're dressed like kind of like goth chicks. So it's kind of oh you know yes. Dude, so it's it like kind of hot. It's so good. <laughs> it fucking rocks. I'm not even gonna lie. That's like the only one that's really that. Well, so we used to go to the one called Lucky's, which was just <laughs> oh like, yeah, Lucky's, yeah, yeah. But honestly, we would just like hang out outside at their like little tiki bar and just smoke cigarettes and drink beers. It was kind of chill, but yeah, that place, in retrospect, very much sucked ass. Yeah, it, um, it sucked in the before times, and I bet honestly, I can't see how those places survived during the COVIDs. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. no one really would go to them. They would maybe be packed, and because like whenever well that. Uh, that place, uh, Dick's Last Resort, they closed down. They're kind yeah. of in that area, you know. Yeah, they and plus did? it's like, dude, like yeah. it's getting it's getting insane in the city. Like, there's been like three shootings the past like three weekends in a row, like multiple shootings in Fells Point, which is a huge. Yeah. For those that don't know, yeah. it's like a great like bar spot, bunch of bars, bunch of restaurants on the water, kind of expensive, pretty yeah, fairly expensive, old, like old, old neighborhood, a lot of history, yeah. but. Dude, they're just, and uh, it's funny. I called in to talk radio because, so basically, I guess it was two weeks ago. All the businesses, about thirty some businesses, uh, bars, restaurants, wrote a letter to the city of Baltimore. They basically, uh, and the one guy, he's a lawyer, and he ran for I think city council. But he basically, they basically petitioned, or they sent this to the city government, and it was like about almost forty some businesses, and they said we're not paying our taxes. And we're not paying any more, um, basically fees to the city, like uh, permits or you know anything to the oh you know our liquor license, etc. All that bullshit. They're like we're withholding it. We're putting in an escrow fund until you clean a like pick up the fucking trash. Mm-hmm. Like you actually have cops down here, like uh, you know actually you know doing their yeah, fucking but it's jobs. Sucked. Like yeah. I wanted like, holy shit, they're holding taxes. That rocks. And they're yeah. like, yeah, we're holding our taxes until you bring so, more cops to arrest people. Well, see, I had read something. I had read something like, that oh, yeah. they were thinking about hiring like private security. Dude, I'd I was be like, like, yes, like do yeah. that. Like hire like real private security. 
I, I call that, that will actually do the jobs that you know cops are allegedly supposed to be doing, which is like protecting property and life. Exactly. Which they don't do. Allegedly. Um, I called in to talk radio because it's been the top, the hot topic. So I called into Boomer <laughs> Talk Radio. I got to start making that a habit of just calling. Dude, we should, can we do that on the podcast? We <laughs> could. Well, unfortunately, when we record live, there's really it's probably all reruns or national shows. But um, usually Monday, Monday through Friday throughout the day, it's all local Baltimore and Maryland news. And yeah. it's just been a topic, hot topic because like the station I call in is kind of centrist to Republican boomers. So most people that are calling in, they're from out in the county or haven't been, they probably haven't stepped foot in the city in forever. And they're yeah. all like, I got an opinion about the city. They got to arrest these thugs and put them in jail. And they're so out of touch. Yeah. They're so out of touch. And they're like, if they just allow the police to do their jobs, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, it goes deeper than that. The public school system's trash. The police department's trash. The whole bureaucracy is trash. The whole city is run by idiots. Like, you know, and I called in just to to bring up qualified immunity for the police. And I basically said, I thank these these businesses. I commend them. They shouldn't pay any taxes ever because taxation is theft. And then even if they pay taxes, yeah. it goes to this bureaucracy that doesn't represent them, doesn't take care of them. Hell, doesn't even pick up the damn trash, doesn't do their yeah. damn job. And I said they'd be far better off than relying on this, the, the, the corrupt Baltimore City Police Department. And I, I brought up what, you, what your point, Jared, like yeah. I basically said they'd be better off having private security and a private police force where they would be held accountable and would actually protect private property. And then I even tied in the COVIDs. I basically said, what do you think was going to happen when you completely shut down businesses for over a year and a half and only allow them to operate at 25% or 20% capacity and then not allow, shut down hotels downtown and shut down tourist industries. What do you think? You basically created a vacuum of criminal activity because basically the big uh, complaint by these businesses are that, oh, there's open air drug markets and open like straight up people Ugh. selling liquor, people straight up selling. Oh, and I'm like, oh, like no. I'm like, well, the free market is spoken. Like people want to hang out down here because it's right by the water. There's a big pier you can have. But if bars are closed at nine o'clock, if everything is forced to shut down by the government, basically you have a, a government imposed problem. And now you're turning to the government to solve said problem that was forced by the government shutting down your businesses. And I'm like, it's good they're withholding these money because these are the same institutions that were forcing you to shut down. So yes, I'm glad you're withholding your money. I commend these businesses. I hope they hold out forever to not pay their taxes and whatever, because these are the only businesses. I mean, they're basically cash cows to the city government that doesn't do shit for now, them. These shootings, were they like... Uh in any of the bars or were they like uh, just on the out, street or out in the street? I saw security cam video of just, people. Yeah. it was like about two 30 in the morning after last call and everybody was just running scattered. Everything was closed. People were, it was security camera videos. Yeah. One of them, like people are just hiding in business entrance ways, ducking behind cars. One car was shot. The person got cut, but they determined it. They, they took him to the hospital. They determined it wasn't a gunshot wound, but their car, like there was a stray bullets flying everywhere. Like it's Jesus. just, yeah. And, you know, and that's the other thing too, not once when they bring up the point that, oh, we're just one more gun control law in Baltimore city away from just peace on the streets. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, they're just good. These idiots, sure whoever just, was doing the shooting was a law abiding gun owner, right? Oh, hundred percent. You know, so stay strapped or get clapped regardless if you're going yeah. into Baltimore city, but yeah, it's just insane. Like they, they won't talk about that. The fact that, 
you know, Baltimore City, Baltimore, or just the state of Maryland has some of the worst gun laws. Um, and, and it's still a May issue state. You can't, you basically have to go through a gun qualification course, pay like two, $300, maybe upwards to gun handgun training class, 16 hours. And that is just to have a, to purchase legally purchase a handgun to have in your own home, let alone actually be able to have it on your person. You have to be one of like a protected class and apply. You have to go through a whole process of fingerprinting and you have to basically justify that. Well, I own a own business that deals in large cash. Like I have to go to the bank or I'm a, you know, maybe say like I'm a drug rep or like uh, I'm, a private security, or you basically have to justify why you need to have a firearm, why you need a, a carry yeah. permit, which yep. is disgusting. It's a May issue state. And then they wonder why, like, why is all these shootings happening? It's like, I don't know, because the cops don't give a fuck. Oh, that's the other right. thing I brought up when I called into the Boomer Talk radio. I'm like, you do realize you do realize there was a Supreme court ruling that you think the police, there was a Supreme court ruling and I forget which one it was, but they basically ruled that the police have no obligation to protect citizens. That it is, it is that they, they, they have no obligation to protect you. So why are you counting on this like corrupt police department? And then it's so funny, like let's defund them. And then it's like, Oh, we can't defund them. But then it's just like this constant pendulum of, you know, too much policing and then not enough policing. And then it's just this pendulum. And then not the, the elephant in the room is basically like, what if you just allow private security and people to carry firearms? I don't know. Maybe this problem would just go the fuck away. Didn't Johns Hopkins get their own police force? I don't know if it's like separate oh, from the city. but No, like, they didn't because the yeah, they fought rallied it. against that. They rallied against it because there's this delusion yeah. where people feel like private security oh. equals horrible results yes and it's the same bullshit they pull with um like well i mean what do these people want like they're like defund the police which i support but then it's like are you gonna but also ban guns so you can't protect yourself (laughs) right Right. but also who's gonna provide you with security are you just gonna like rely on everyone to just get along like it's not gonna happen dude yeah it's like yeah so fucking stupid man yeah, that's that's what it was, Jared. I don't know if remember remember when uh and uh well because my girlfriend actually works for said university yeah. and she actually works in the offices. Remember when they were um now granted, okay, so it was like a, a culmination of things. Like Hopkins was getting funding from ICE or something. So that's one of the reasons why these leftists that were protesting and literally locked themselves in her office building on the campus, they locked themselves in. Remember that that was happening on, on Hopkins campus. They, they literally chained themselves to the doors. Basically their whole office shut down and she was either, uh, she had to work at another office at the other, at at the hospital campus. So long story short, like they, they were, basically arguing or protesting the fact we can't have Hopkins private police, actual like campus police. Cause right now they have security, but they're unarmed. They're basically, they have no teeth and they don't. So they were going through the process, I guess, through the state to actually, I guess, have their own university police force, but they were protesting the fact, well, we can't have that because they're going to arrest people and, and you know, it's it's racism and, oh, we got to defund the police. And, the, you know, it's... But I mean, were they actually, I mean, were they actually private 
was it a private police force or was it, it like it would be it would be police that are uh, you know they would be armed they would have some arresting but I mean, authority but they would be through Hopkins you know but I guess what mm-hmm. the thing is it'd be they would, would be it more be like but would it be it wouldn't I'm just trying to understand what that looks like because like well, it would just be like like, uh, like I know Taos like I'm pretty sure like Towson has like a police force, right? Or they mm-hmm. just use like the Baltimore County police and they just give them cars that say Towson on it or something, right? Yeah. So like if you you know, so you're still subject to like all the bullshit of Baltimore County police, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if that happens if that would have happened with this Johns Hopkins thing. I mean, it's probably better than fucking Baltimore City police. Yeah, so but if it's just put, Baltimore City Police in a different uniform, then that's the same shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, this is going back. This this article is from uh, June fifteenth of twenty twenty. Um, now they they put a pause on it. They're not basically what they're for the past two years. Uh, they the private policing plan had been opposed by students and faculty. Argued that the force would not increase safety and would put the welfare of people of color on campus in jeopardy. Okay. First off, how, okay. First of all, they're already in jeopardy, dude. That area is like, it's sus is, is, right. like, is not good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, if you go a couple blocks now, you go one direction, it's a good neighborhood. You go a couple blocks in either South or East it's it gets pretty sketch. I mean, that's like yeah. me, that's Baltimore. You go a couple blocks in one direction and it, it can get pretty ugly. So, yeah. yeah, that was ridiculous. The other aspect, too, it's like, well, they would be more accountable. Like, so you want look at the Baltimore City Police. One, they don't respond. B, like you want to do you honestly think it'd be a lot easier to hold police accountable at a private institution or the massive bureaucracy that is failed bureaucracy that is Baltimore City, you know, plus like. So it, it was crazy. They basically protested for, I get how long, but they locked themselves in the building. And my girlfriend basically said, like, when they moved back in, they like the last person basically agreed, I guess they held the school or they sell, they held that office like completely hostage and the school like hostage. Like, they were literally working. They would have to close their doors. And then eventually they said, we can't work here anymore because they were like literally like stinking up the bathrooms. They were like living there. They were camping out like nonstop and literally for like a week after the last person agreed to leave and they escorted out, they had to like fumigate and professionally clean the place because these shitters basically were there for weeks, just uh, locking themselves in the building inside the building and shit. Oh, they were just, you know, they were basically like a bunch of grifter, like a bunch of, you know, homeless, like it was like a homeless camp inside the building were, were they students <laughs> some students some outside you know just you know your typical yeah. lefty unhinged fucking lunatics uh protesting and yeah it just basically turned into a homeless camp for <laughs> it turned into like basically a bunch of crust punks <laughs> occupying <laughs> the campus and they had to get it professionally clean they, they couldn't go back to work like even after the last of the protesters were finally escorted out of the building and they, you know, agreed to, all right, well, you know, I guess the school, you know, said we're not going to go forward with this because I guess it had to, it had to go through the state legislature for them to do this. Yeah. So, but hmm. cause yeah. Cause as of now, I mean, they still, I guess they have private security, but they don't, they're not police. Like they're basically just have flashlights and radios. <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's like whenever I see like, 
Like sometimes I'll see like the like there's like security forces that are like patrolling the hood, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're just like, yeah, they're not doing shit, man. Right? <laughs> like, oh shit, that's a cop. It's like, right. no, that's just that's just uh, yeah, that's just some dude that's making twenty bucks an hour to drive around. Right, if that, if that, yep, if, if that. that. Yeah. But yeah, so that was uh, so yeah, Baltimore City. It's going to shit. It's, I mean, it already was, but the COVID, yeah, the COVID. I mean, dude, it's rough. I mean, I I don't even know if I'd want to go down to those places because like the place where honestly, I feel safer in some places that are straight up hood than places where a lot of people conjugate because it just seems like mm. or like the so called safe places where people would go don't seem that safe anymore and it seems like <laughs> like i feel yeah, safe I mean, my neighborhood feels like i mean my neighborhood's fine you know right but, i feel safe we don't have like large congregations of people and shit yeah it just seems like when you get a whole bunch of dude, I'm telling, you see it everywhere i don't know what it is what do you guys think do you think it was maybe like the lockdowns and now that everything's opening up people just lost their fucking minds or maybe like psychological issues or just I mean, it just seems like more probably. and more incidents are just happening. Like people are just losing their fucking. Minds. I mean, I would occasionally hear about shit happening in Fells, but not like multiple shootings. Like that's pretty yeah, new. Yeah, apparently, that's, I know. I, yeah. I know. Like a few, a few things that happened in Canton, but it was like once a year. Like some fucking yuppie would get his ass like capped because he was like being a, a retard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but right. now it just seems more. It seems more rampant. So, anywho, yeah. Well, uh, shifting topics. Oh boy, yeah, man. So what's like? There's a sh- like, pretty much the Mar- uh, the Libertarian Party is gone to shit. It's I say fucking it's, well, yeah. Like there's so the chair resigned. Joe Bishop Henson resigned. We had Region One and Region Eight reps resign. We had, I mean, there, there's talks now. They're looking to in Phil in Pennsylvania and in Virginia. They're trying to disaffiliate from national. There's just such a shit show going and on. What is what? What spawned what well, spawned this? Well, I want to, I want to, I want to respond to Nick Bacone. So Nick Bacone, you guys know if you're longtime listeners, you know that guy is a fucking. He's a mensch. He's a he's the greatest dude ever, and. He straight up told he told me like a year ago, like we've had him on the podcast a dozen times. And he's literally said he was once a a state uh, organizer in Ohio, I think, for the Mises Caucus. And he was like, no, look, Mises Caucus is going to destroy, destroy the Libertarian Party. He's like, it's a good thing. Don't worry. He has literally said that a dozen times. Yeah, he says that like every time he comes on the show. I know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like either really, save, save or destroy, one or the other. No, no, no. Well, no. He like, he just says it's going to destroy. Like you're either oh, going to. Okay. Well, he's like you're either going to just completely fail, and if but if you succeed, you're going to destroy the party. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's exactly what has happened. The fucking music caucus is destroying the fucking Libertarian so, party. So, so tell me, lay lay out to me the exact exactly what happened in New Hampshire. All right, so we talked a little bit. At, a little bit about it in the after hours podcast last week. Thank you for our Patreon subscribers. You got to listen to that. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, please go over there and check it out. Dollar a month. Get get on board or go to prlfans.com. 
find out other ways to support the show. Um, but we so we talked about how um, the New Hampshire party. It, it all goes back to Jaletta Jarvis. She was the chair of the party. Um, so they voted. So oh, the XCOMs, all Mises Caucus. Oh, here we go. We got. Oh, shit. What's so up, everyone, our surprise guest is here. Finally, posted with the most baller shirt ever. Um, I Everyone, I want to introduce first time to the podcast, Mr. Buck Johnson. What's up, you guys? Can you hear me? Everything good? Yes. Yes. No yes. Sounds, sounds perfect. Dude. So we just were starting to get into what was going on in New Hampshire, the Libertarian Party. But I think uh, this this kind of trumps that. So, Buck, man, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. I know uh, you got caught in some traffic on the way here. So uh, we really appreciate you showing up. Yeah. I'm really glad that we get to have you on the podcast because I know you are a longtime hardcore punk rock libertarian in the sense that is true it, i know so dude so for all of our listeners who are um living uh in a cave on mars with their eyes shut and their fingers in their ears please uh you know dude tell us a little bit about yourself tell us about you know tell us about the buck johnson uh well i run the counterflow podcast on the renegade media network which is run by thaddeus russell I used to, the show used to be called Death to Tyrants, and we've rebranded a bit. Uh, I've been into libertarian politics, I guess you could say, in that general sphere since about 2000, which makes me sound old because that's been 21 years of this stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, punk rock libertarian seems like an appropriate venue to be on for me because I've been into punk music and hardcore music, a, a lot of kinds of music, but certainly punk and hardcore for since I was a teenager, basically. So that's that's I think where I might fit. It. Oh, and you, Alex has a Jedi Mind Tricks shirt on, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. which is uh, the group that does my the theme music on my podcast. No it's, shit, man. It's, oh, it's, nice. yep. it's a manifestation of of Jedi Mind Tricks. I think this one was called. Uh, army of the pharaohs but that's oh hell yeah yeah they're the shit it's all the same thing yeah nice nice hell yeah i just got to see i think that was like the last show i saw in the before times before everything went to hell i saw <laughs> i saw uh yeah vinnie paz and esoteric i mean in uh it was in baltimore at uh auto bar which is like the go-to hardcore and punk like venue um oh, okay. oh, yeah. yeah but you know, the COVID shut that down, but that was probably the last show I saw on the before times. And it was fucking dope. I got to meet him afterwards. He's just so down to earth. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Did if you, any passes a shit, did you talk politics at all? Not really. Cause there was a lot of other people and I didn't want to monopolize his time. So I just got a picture, just got to shake his hand, just bullshit for a minute. And, you know, and plus it was a work night, you know, I had to get up early the next day. Couldn't really, you know, I, I get the impression from his lyrics that he would at least be sympathetic or adjacent to some of our, Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd like to reach out to him because I'm sure like he'd be down for like. I yeah. thought it. I wanted to as well, and I still do. But now I'm worried because I never got permission. So if he ever heard the show, he'd be like, "Wait a second, yeah, you owe me." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't do it. I don't know if he'd be like that though. I don't either, but I'm his, scared. His label might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, he he's definitely seems like. 
and that's the thing. And, and Otto and I have talked about it. Like there's so many people within hardcore and punk like mm-hmm. that are just like we were talking uh mad ball and, yeah. uh, and wisdom in chains. Like uh, there's so many people that I think we could reach out in the culture that yeah. are, that would rock with us with, with our ideas and, and philosophies. I've and, reached and, out to, uh, uh, Jonathan Joseph from the Crow Mags. Yes. Nice. Back and I, I don't want to spoil this one because I, I reached out to someone about as big as you can get in that world that actually plays giant places. And he has said yes. And then January 6th happened and he goes, hold off. Let me, uh, cause it's a famous person. So he can't, he was trying to get scared that he would compromise some of their stuff by coming on a show that was uh, anti-government. And so it's been a few months though. And I think that uh, I, I actually was going to reach out this morning and I haven't yet, but anyway, well, no, that's great because man, like, I think a lot of this changed with the whole COVID lockdowns when uh, about a m- month or two ago, when Madball, um, we're talking Murphy's law, Yes. Wisdom and Chains, they all got together in Tompkins Park in New York City and they said, fuck it, we're doing a show. Yep. And they did a show. And I mean, it got crucified in the most yeah. woke, yeah. hardcore scene. They got crucified. They got talked, they got thrown accusations saying it's a super spreader event. And it was just like, it was, I could just tell like these people were done. They were done. Like they didn't want to have to fucking deal with this shit anymore. We're, we're going to put on a show. And Fuck it, be damned, whatever. We're gonna do it. Um, John Joseph's other band um, called Blood Clot played, so it wasn't Chromax, but it was Blood Clot. And I've also seen before live; they're also really good. And it was, it was. I mean, I wish I could have went to that show because I'm so like, I feel like I took it for granted because I've been in the hardcore punk scene since about 2002. I started. I went to my first show, and I've been all about this and. It's one thing I took it for granted. And I think that's a lot of things like people like listening to the show now, even the punk, you know, hardcore. I took for granted that. And I think the last band I saw was Marauder played in DC. And I went, and that was like November, December of 2019. And it was few and far between. Like I'm in my older, like I'm in my mid 30s now. And so, of course, you know, you just kind of, you know, you have family, you have a job. But I mean, really, like connecting back to like what made me feel alive was going to these hardcore punk shows, and I just miss it so much. And I'm, and I wish I would have went, but I'm so glad that they 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 were so brave and they went. And they're like, fuck it, we don't care what's going on. We're putting on this show. It's outside. Everyone's getting vaxxed. Everyone's had COVID. Like we're just gonna do it, and they did it. And the the if you look at New York City, the none of the none of the figures rise after the show two weeks after there was not it wasn't a super spreader event it was all bullshit yeah so like i'm so happy that like hardcore and punk was like the first they were the first of this to say fuck it we're gonna do a show and they did it and three thousand people showed up to it and it was awesome and they've doubled down freddie from madball and john joseph have they've weathered the storm basically of the insults and Jonathan Joseph's been on, on, on Facebook saying like, basically, you know, screw all of you guys trying to take us down. We're not going to be taken down. No one's sick from this. And if you, if you don't like it, stay home. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's awesome. Like, so with, you know, with everything that's going on with COVID, like I feel like everything's like coming down. It's like everything is shattering with these people. And 
I think it's it's a subculture of music and this underground scene is like they're the first on the line of like to, for this stuff to go forward. And I feel like with with that show, everything else kind of collapsed. And now all these bands went forward and they're just like, we're booking tours. We're yep. going out. We're going to we're going to do this shit. And like I have like I know this band called Knocked Loose. They're playing at the Auto Bar in Baltimore. I'm going to go see them. Uh, Guar and um, yes. Napalm Death are playing at Baltimore Soundstage. Like, there's just all these cool shows that I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to go. I don't care what the show is. I'm just going. Yeah. There was a time during 2020 where when the, when the hysteria was at all time, uh, my wife and I spoke and it was like, could you, I mean, in Texas, there were shows to be, had it not hardcore of course but we would go see shows you know uh, it's kind of people spread apart and everything and and i said could you imagine a freaking hardcore show right now like i'm not sure <laughs> i mean i want it but i just looking at p- the reaction the climate that was out there it's like i can't imagine one happening again like with that close interaction and people on top of each other and and sweating was, <laughs> i thought that's going to be the last thing that, that comes back. I, I just, unfortunately, I think that's the case. And fucking Madball and, and Jonathan Joseph were had the balls and Murphy's Law, like, screw all of this. We're getting people together. It was badass. Love it. I love that a hardcore uh, show did that first. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. We talked about it whenever that happened. When did that happen, Otto? That was like about a month ago. Yeah. You actually, yeah. it was like a month and a half ago. And you actually hit up uh, uh, Ron Paul Liberty Report. Uh, when he oh was yeah, I hit Dan McAdams because like <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, Dan, like there's a shit going on in New York City. Like you need to like understand what's going on. And he he's a former like kind of he was kind of in a punk and back in the day, and so he was kind of receptive of it, and which was was awesome because I'm like, this is this is where like the underground comes forward. Like this is where like I spent the past like today like I'm just like listening to old old songs that kind of got me you know being in the punk rock and hardcore scene from like the late 90s early 2000s like that's what kind of radicalized me and I was just spent the whole time listening to music today and I kind of shared that you know the whole the attitude with with Dan McAdams from you know Ron Paul Liberty Report who's fucking rocks and I was just like dude you like I was hoping he'd talk about it. he never really talked about it on the show but I thought it was a big enough point to to mention that this is where this is where like the culture turns like this is where and eventually everyone's kind of gotten over it and now all these these leftist bands have now announced they're doing tours and no one's saying shit because it took it took madball and it took you know blood clot and murphy's law and wisdom and chains to say hey we're doing a show fuck it we don't care we're gonna do it and if you show up at Tompkins park in new york city we're gonna put on a good show and if you don't want to come don't come and i think that's so cool and i think a lot of that like a lot of these these tours that have been announced have been announced because it all took was that one band to break through and i'm so happy it was like a hardcore show so you know that's that's where i get a lot of my roots from is back in the early 2000s uh you know going to hardcore shows i've been going to my, my whole life you know from since then on and uh, it's, it's it's just so cool it's so cool to feel like there's a part of that like i'm connected to where back in the day shows would just get put on i mean i like every other weekend i was in baltimore city i was in i would go up to pennsylvania virginia 
uh, DC constantly going to hardcore shows. And it, it was, it was, it was awesome. And like a lot of that stuff, you know, like I was listening today, I was going back to like all these bands keep announcing. They're like, Oh, this is the 20th year since like Pennywise released their album, land of the free since bouncing souls announced they were like uh, how I spent my summer vacation, anti-flag, you know, talking about their old albums. And it's just, it brings me back to like when I was a teenager and they're just like, we need more of this. We need more of this shit to get people just to think like, we need to move forward with this. We need to move forward with like opening up venues, opening up shows. So I, it means a lot to me. So I'm so happy that like hardcore was a part of that. Me break down these veins. Yes, exactly. So do buck. So like, man, thank you for coming on. Like we want to, uh, a lot of people, I mean, more people probably know about your show than they know about our show, but if uh, tell us about your change. I mean, I know you were death of tyrants podcast. That's where I got to know you from, but uh, how do you think like, you've changed since you've gone to the counterflow? Like, what do you, uh, well, part of the change, the, the change had a few different reasons. One was going aboard Thad's media network. He didn't want me to be pigeonholed into just being an ANCAP show in something with such a strident uh, title. Like he, he, it was funny. He was describing it to me. He's like, it's so like, I'm an ANCAP. I'm in your face. He goes, I, I don't want that, but I still want you to do it. So could you start a different show for my, my uh, network? And I don't know about you guys, but just doing one show a week for me is a freaking lot of work. For one, I'm a firefighter, so my my schedule is if I'm at work, it's for 24 hours. Damn, so, yeah, that's so tough. Two to three days a week, depending on which how the week falls, I'm I can't do it. So that leaves the other days to book the guests, read the book if it's an author, research, write up the notes for the interview, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I had already been thinking about the name change. Believe this or not, I, there's people in our circles that have turned down appearances on the show because of the name because it had death in it i won't say any names right now but um certain economists get scared with that kind of language mm. um, <laughs> huh. um, murphy is not cool with that the time <laughs> murphy's law <laughs> i'm not saying any names but um can't confirm or deny <laughs> so so i had thought about that at towards the end of the year like i wonder if i it seemed like an undertaking, like, golly, to change. I had been doing it for, I don't know, since 2000. I always forget if it's 17 or 18, but a long time. And I was like, shit, I don't know if I should do that. And then Thad came along and he gave me this offer. And I was like, well, I don't change the RSS feed, which for those listening that are unfamiliar with that, basically, if you were a subscriber to Death to Tyrants, all I would do is change the name and you'd still be a subscriber to Counterflow. So he said, yeah, I don't want you to change that. I want to keep the subscribers you already have. And I said, well, I don't want to do two shows. I'll just rebrand it and come on your uh, media network starting January 1st of 2021. And so it'll kind of be an, just a boom, a quick switch over. And I, of course, I said, you have to like help me out here and, and give me some advertising and stuff like that. And we worked out those deals. So basically, it's the, 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 the rebranding happened and it did allow me to interview people outside of our circles, meaning, so I interviewed uh, the doctor that, that uh, his name's escaping me, that, that pretty much coined the carnivore diet. And, and I can get people like that on rather than just pure libertarian stuff, because I am interested in, in like lifestyle, things like that too. And how did you get hooked up with that? 
because I interviewed him on Death to Tyrants. Uh, we, it's funny. He was just in my house this weekend, and, and he wanted to review our initial meeting, and I found the messages in my Facebook. Hmm. I, he, I wrote him. He was a little leery, I think, also of the title. And his, his, uh, basically his manager is this guy named AJ that used to produce uh, Tom Wood's show. And he wrote AJ, hey, is this Death to Tyrants guy cool? And AJ said, oh, yeah, yeah, you should do it. So – he came on, we discussed the culture war, and then we got all into all kinds of uh, tangents, really. And afterwards, he was like, dude, that was one of the best interviews I've ever had uh, from, from the guest perspective. And my girlfriend said, that's the best I've ever done on an episode of someone's show because you got things out of me that no one else has pulled out before. And so he was being real kind, and we started messaging back and forth. And he just, it kind of went from there. He's like, you, I really want you to do uh, this thing. I'm going to start this media network and I'm, I'm planning to have a, several podcasts on it, but I'd like you to be my first guy because I really like what you do, what you have to offer. And I think um, we can take the glass ceiling off that you have right now with that title and, and kind of get grow bigger. And I think you would be happy. And so I said, sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And now we're all buddy, buddy, you know, we, we don't see eye to eye on every issue. Of course, if those of you who know Thad, uh, he comes from a, a way different spot than I do Yeah, at, at, at where we're at now. But, you know, even when he was here over the weekend, we would not really have debates because he's really cool with just saying, okay, that's your point of view. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't really even have to debate you. Right. Um, but I, sometimes I'm like, well, I want to put, I want pushback. Like <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And so he's just, he's just super cool. Um, nice. Yeah. He's been extremely helpful behind the scenes the whole way and, and trying to a mentor, you know, he didn't call himself that, but I, I call it that. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've been listening to his podcast for, for a long time and yeah, like, like you, I don't always see eye to eye with him, but I feel like he always has an interesting perspective on things that you don't hear yep. from other people you know, people in like the libertarian or liberty movement, like he kind of has, he has that sort of left wingish taste, but kind of also is like rebelling against the left wing. Yes. At the same time. He can speak so the language very well. Yeah, exactly. He, he speaks the language of academia. And I think that's really important because if, if you, I mean, it's a tough challenge for someone like me to convince a progressive that what we're saying is legitimate he, on the other hand, has a little bit he, – he speaks that language, so I think it helps. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that part of him. And I, I told him there's a few guys that make me think when I hear them, when I listen to them on shows. Uh, Michael Malice, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Deist, and, and Thad are three of the ones that always bring something like, damn, I didn't think of it in that light, or I never f- articulated it in, in this manner. So I appreciate th- that uh, aspect on, on Thad as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Jeff and Thad are definitely people like who make you think about things in different ways and they put things and it's, you know, it may not be the almost, you know, it might not be the most con, you know, least controversial way, but like they make you think. And like, I, I love that. I love, I love radical messaging. We talk about, you know, we just got done talking about punk and hardcore. Like I think back to when I was a kid listening to, when I was like in the first or second grade, like listening to like rancid and, and like bands like anti-flag and just the, whoa like it kind of like it triggers you and like in a way it's just like you know it's just like wow i've never thought of things in that way like i remember listening to body count you yeah. know listen to bands like you know they sing songs like cop killer yeah. like 
I'm not like my and you know my both my parents are police officers and I you know I love my parents I have a good relationship with my parents but like hearing the hearing a band talk you know cop killer like it's like whoa like what's this about you know it it makes you think in different ways and whether you agree or not or it just it brings you it brings you into a different consciousness of like thinking of how how things go on the other side of uh, how it looks and man like I I love that I I love being able like that thought that process you know going through. So it's I can definitely relate to that. Every time I hear Thad, you know, his podcast and stuff, he's he's had some really great people on. And, and you know, I love that network he has going on. So that's great, man. Thanks. Uh, it's been it's been a, a whirlwind, it seems like. Uh, but it's I love it. So how's it like? So in Texas, you know, te- you're in um, what, what part of Texas? So it's right outside of Austin. It's a small town called Lockhart. It's about 30 minutes southeast of Austin. And it's wonderful here. I, Austin, yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, I heard it's going like completely, like just insane lately, like lefty. Oh, yeah. Like, it used to be, and this is almost hurts me to say this, but it used to be like, I can't even get it off out of my mouth. It used to be like the good kind of lefty, if that makes any sense. In fact, a, a long time ago, I told a, a, a mentor, a life kind of mentor, one of my best friends, uh, he's older and, and he was in town and he, we, we both have similarities uh, as far as music goes. And I just said, man, if you could just get rid of like the hippies and, and that kind of shit in this town, it would be so damn cool. And he was like, the hippie vibe is kind of what gives some of the flavor to Austin that makes it pretty unique. Yeah. You know, I guess he said something and I was like, like we said with Diced and Thad, I never thought of it in those terms. I guess you're right. But uh, now it's the hippie Austin lefty shit's gone. It's all kind of uh, Silicon Valley type progressives. The It's really uh, dangerous demographic in the country is not Mexicans crossing the border or or Middle Easterners coming to to have a terrorist plot. It's freaking white uh, upper class women that are progressive. Oh, God. <laughs> Austin's full of that. Oh fuck! And so, and is it like a California colony? It's yeah, like, like a, a Karen colony. A Karen yeah. colony. It <laughs> Karen is. colony. Yes. <laughs> so they've they've turned Austin into a, just a junk mess. There's the homeless populations uh, just exploded. There's tents mm. all over the place. It's, it's disgusting. It's turned into a San Francisco. Yes, without without the history of like the old San Francisco. It's just a city right there in, in Texas that had a cool music scene. Yeah. South by Southwest every year. I mean, that's like, but I, now I've always wanted to go. That sucks now. That oh. the, the last five years, that shit went downhill South. Again, I sound like an old, old timer, but South by Southwest <laughs> did used to be cool. Back and, in my day. <laughs> yeah. And it became, it, it initially was a place where you discover new bands and maybe they can get some startup going or, or, or some new fans and touring. But now it's just like Snoop Dogg plays there. Uh, that's whack. So it's become oh, like a corporate, 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 yeah, corporate music festival. And yeah. all these people flood into Austin and it's, you know, like non-binary chicks, fat chicks with pink hair walking around with eyes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that. Because it was uh, when I, I was in the Air Force for quite uh, about 11 years maintaining Empire. And when I was stationed over in England, I went to a lot of punk and hardcore shows. And one of the bands that I saw quite frequently actually brought him on bass well, <laughs> with my 
couple of my buddies that would go travel around seeing hardcore shows around England, we actually brought them on base. <laughs> and it was so funny because there, there was a band called Gallows. I mean, they suck now. The lead singer is no longer their lead singer. But uh, at the time, uh, they were getting pretty big. And they did South by Southwest. And that's when they got signed by, I think, Epitaph. And then they did, they were like on the Vans Warp Tour. And it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit. They went from, and when we were seeing them, we would see him play like these small ass venues all around England. And uh, Frank actually, their, their lead singer at the time, tattooed me, but he was, we're like, damn, this band is really fucking good. Like, if they get an opportunity, they're going to blow up. And, and I saw the, I mean, I was still over in England. And I saw that they were doing South by Southwest. I was like, good for them, you know? And I saw the lineup of bands. I was like, imagine seeing such a wide variety of music. But like you said, Buck, I, it sounds like it's just fucking going downhill. Like corporate, yeah. just total. Big, big, big time ugh. corporate. A mess ugh. of people come into town. And this the town's just nasty already. So yeah. many bars closed over South, excuse me, over uh, COVID stuff, lockdowns. So it became. Are they super COVID-y there? They were until, okay. I don't know, the magic arbitration wand was ra- waved the other day. And now I went to Whole Foods I had already not been wearing a mask because, uh, but yeah, I still go into Austin. My gym's still there. There's a Whole Foods there, which I guess I'm picky with my groceries, so I still shop there. But I had not been wearing a mask, and no one said anything. So I was like, fuck it. I went there a week ago, and even certain employees didn't have masks on. And now I think the progressive virtue signal is to not wear one because it shows that you've been vaccinated. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, you're so right. So we're all, we're all in, I, I we're all in Baltimore near on the outskirts of Baltimore city. I know Jared lives in Baltimore city, but like, uh, uh, Baltimore city was like the last to open up. They actually, matter of fact, they're, they're lifting all their COVID restrictions on July 1st. Um, we're and me and Alex were in the County, like right outside Baltimore city. And it's just, it's been a nightmare, man. Like this, this whole time, like we've been looking at Texas and Florida, just like dreaming because, yeah. but then because Hogan, are, we have a Republican governor, but he's, I mean, he's just as trash as any Democrat you could, you can meet. Cause he was an anti-Trumper, just uh, typical what you'd expect. Yeah. And dude, he sucks so bad. And he, he was always like, where are the damn mask? That was his cool bit was like, where are the damn mask? And it's it's been so pathetic and but he even he's over it now and now we're kind of lifting restrictions but like i went to the store the other day after they lifted all restrictions and like i'm at like the liquor store and like everyone's wearing a mask everybody i was the only one not wearing a mask and i'm like like you guys know like this isn't a thing anymore right and it never really was a thing to begin with but it's just it's so hard to work out of these people but the fact that it's over like it's it's you know we the vaccines the people are naturally immune to covid because everyone i know is either vaccinated or had covid or yeah. both right uh, i feel like i'm the only one who hasn't had covid and is not vaccinated like <laughs> I've, i feel like i'm just like alone on this island but yet there's people who are freaking out still and i, I mean i don't know like being in texas we went down me and uh alex we went to the national libertarian party convention in uh last summer in orlando and it was just like a different scene man like everyone was just cool with it was a lot, a lot more relaxed there was a little bit of a of a, a mask mandate but it wasn't adhered to at all mm-hmm. it was pretty chill and like so that was my only experience out of 
being in this this tyrannical state of Maryland, you know, being, you know, with the with the whole COVID restrictions. So it's weird. Like I, I know I know Texas just, you know, pretty much got free, but Florida's been pretty good the whole time. We got it got lifted here, I think it was March second, which is technically tech Texas Independence Day. In fact, yeah, that it was that day. I think that was symbolic of sorts. And I remember my small town for the most part, pretty cool about it. No one really cared. You you you'd still see some certain people walking around with masks after it happened. But in Austin, that that became initially the thing. The governor, this is too fast. He's trying to kill us. And so you would see the bars or stores. Uh, saying we're st- we still require masks. This is too soon. So that was the kind of that's the kind of like we want to be free here pretty soon, but not when the Republican guy says it. That's too soon. We'll figure it out, you know. And so since then, oh, it, it, it's it was just slow steps. It's almost like progressives were looking around, like who's going to do it first? Oh, you did it. <laughs> it, it. It reminds me of what our governor does. He just waits around for DeSantis to do something. He's like, two weeks later, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he seems like such a lackey to to DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a follower big time. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd rather him follow DeSantis than say, uh, <laughs> right? Him, but yeah, yeah, it could it could be he could be following someone worse. Uh, yeah, like Larry Hogan. <laughs> yeah, it's, but um, so yeah, we wanted to, we were we were starting to get into it before you came on, Buck. We were just talking about the whole debacle within the Libertarian Party as the past week and a half. I don't know if you want to get into it now, Otto or Jared. Maybe take it over to maybe save that for our after hours. Uh, no, like I, I want to like you know I want to hear listeners to hear because I know Buck has probably like a different perspective on this as we do. Well, as, you were like, in the middle I'm, of telling you were in the like, middle of talking Alex, about New Hampshire. Well, me and, well, me and Alex are both Mises Caucus members. We're both members of the LP of Maryland. We're both, you know, we're both like doing our best. And um, Jared's kind of like hanging on the sidelines. So he's kind of over the whole procedural process. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> everything. Yeah, I, don't I don't have the time you. for that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. When Otto, you said we were down at the LP National, I was like, God damn, you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. uh, yeah, I, I went to one. I did the, na- the LP National remote because I had work stuff, but... Um, yeah, it was one, one and done for me after that. I was like, I'm out. I'm, 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 I'm no longer in the party. <laughs> like, I'm done. That was, I was the, a delegate. That was the eat a dick one. That wasn't yes. it. Yeah. Yes. Was, yes. I mean, it yes. was, it was great, but it was also just like long yes. and I just can't stand all this Robert rules of order shit. And I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't handle this shit. Like I'm done. Yeah. Yes. I used to do LP functions in Austin, uh, starting about 2000 through the first, I don't know, six years or, or so that I became a libertarian. And in 2004, we had Michael Badnerick as the LP uh, presidential mm-hmm. candidate. And he was in Austin. So yeah. I kind of felt like, oh, I'll keep going to these things. And I used to walk away from them, not not when Badnerick was speaking, but just the actual meetings. And I would be like, I don't, I would not know if, if you brought me in fresh that anyone there was a libertarian. There was no politics discussed or no philosophy. It's like you said, Jared. Uh, Robert's rules of order. Hold on. Uh, who wants to speak? Who's got the g- gavel? <laughs> Shit. It was like, yeah. I can't do this. And then I went back to maybe be a delegate for uh, Hornberger. And mm-hmm. I, around, I was like, these are those same motherfuckers that were here 15 years ago. They've not done it the whole time. Little social club. And there was a little bit of an influx because of Hornberger uh, of some some 
I came back and then some other people got involved and I could tell there was this like, hold on, who are these people? And then I was like, ah, screw this. And, and I, I will say from that, we have now something called an Austin ANCAP group, which is like probably 50 big at this point. And so I did, I did meet a lot of those people uh, around that time, which was nice, but the actual LP function stuff, I, I have no interest in anymore. That was yeah. oh, terrible. And, and Scott was one of, one of the guys that tried to get me in and we're at one of the meetings and he says, wait a second. I just realized you've got to be in, live in Travis County. I live in Round Rock, which is a different County. And I was like, you son of a bitch. So you don't even have to be here. Now we we're stuck here. And so he, <laughs> he's like, shit, I can't be a delegate for Hornberger anyway. God damn it. So uh what yeah it's so funny because we had we had um we had scott on our show uh this time last year and it was i i'm comfortable after everything's passed and he's talked about it publicly but he was just i we were telling him like dude like i we were one of the people that like we backed hornberger because of your endorsement he's just like i'm so sorry yeah i did like i'm so sorry i did that to you guys (laughs) he was like hornberger won't listen to me (laughs) that's it uh that's what I understand as well. Right. And you know what? I you know, I was, I love Scott Horton so much. I think he is one of the best people on this fucking planet. Um, you know, yeah, and in in I, I liked Hornberger too. I just I think Hornberger just uh you know, with LP, you know, you gotta like people are so fucking sensitive. And now we know what's going on with the LP. Like it's fucking collapsing because of the Mises caucus. Like it's straight up falling apart. We got the uh, the chair resigned. I, I just like cats and dogs living with each other, mass hysteria. It's fucking insane. We're getting it's, so many people to rage quit, and it's beautiful. I'm sorry, I, I, dude, it's Otto, beautiful. can you resume it's what you were scary. saying about New Hampshire though? We kind of left everyone blue balled on that. Yeah, well, I mean, most of you, if you're like I said, like if you're on Mars living in a cave with your eyes shut and your fingers in your ear, you would know that like uh, the chair of the LP just quit um, after this. Uh, the LP New Hampshire had a bunch of pretty much Mises caucus take over the, the communications. They took over the board, but they had a non Mises person that was um, the chair of the, LP, uh, the party. Her name was Gilletta Jarvis. She she got doxxed by an awful human being named um, what was her name? I don't fucking what uh, Jackie Let's Perry. Pox yeah. whoever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, Jackie Perry. She's an awful human being, but whatever. So she doxxed uh, Gilletta Jarvis, and then they vo- they had a vote to like excommunicate uh, you know Jackie Perry, and then Gilletta used that vote to then like create her new party and like ex and pretty much get rid of all the Mises caucus members. And it was a whole fucking debacle. And it was, yeah. it's clearly Nick Sarwak was involved and Joe Bishop Henchman was involved. And it's just, it was just a complete shit show. And so when we talk about, and so, th- and so like, so then he's now, he resigned from his post. And then we have like the bunch of region reps resigned from their posts and they're trying to figure out what's going on. It's just chaos all because the Mises caucus took over one state party really. And it's, yeah. oh wait, so what happens? Where- Do you elect a new chair or does the vice chair? No, become- well, they, she's now her own chair of her own party of New Hampshire, and now they're like voting. Like votes are still ongoing. It's just a mess, man. It's a mess they, right now. They voted to so basically this chair went rogue, and yeah. she confiscated their data, 
computers like party assets like there was apparently and i believe the mises caucus uh, uh executive committee up in new hampshire they lawyered up and they called a lawyer because they basically they had video of them taking all this to a storage unit whoever was behind all this along wow. with this p- former chair so the thing that was debated like one this is so corrupt this goes against lnc rules you need a three three-fourths vote to disaffiliate basically the nuclear option like the chair Rage, the LNC chair, Joe Bishop Henson, rage quits. And he's the one who wrote this letter and basically like approved that, oh, she wrote up these bylaws with some rogue character to not be named. But apparently Karen Ann Harris, who's the LNC secretary, interviewed Gillette Jarvis and said, oh, there was someone that was in her ear and said, oh, there's another way. Because this all stemmed from the fact that we were the Mises caucus. It might just be a little too libertarian with our messaging on Twitter. And yeah. the one individual, Jeremy Kaufman, who sits on the board of the Free State Project in New Hampshire, he his tweets were fucking fire. Like one of them that got all the loser brigade within the LP and these, you know, just fucking losers that say, oh, this is this is very how can we do this? I'm like, really, we can't go after John McCain and Anthony Fauci. So the tweet was if some uh, it was. John McCain's brain tumor saved more lives than Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's a great fucking tweet. <laughs> I, love, I love that tweet. That that was right. that was brilliant. Right. So and, you know, and Jeremy Coffin, his name, he's he's kind of out there with some of his shit. Some of the stuff I agree with. Other stuff, I'm kind of like, hey, what's the whole thing like, about child labor? There was something about well, child labor that was that people I mean, were but it's, a, it's about. a pinnacle of libertarian philosophy. It's like, hey, the child labor laws or anti-libertarian like it just is i wouldn't say um, it's the pickle but yeah it's it's definitely no, the libertarian <laughs> it's would you not i mean would you not say hey look a law is restricting people from working and being yeah, i mean I, yeah no i mean it's it's yeah it's, it's definitely like, anti-libertarian and it's bad right. for you know poor families that don't want to have to live on the government dole that you know maybe they want to have their right. kid you know, work a few hours at the at the diner, like cleaning up tables. Like, what's the big deal? We're not we're not living in in like the coal mining times. You know, like, right. like right. we're not. No, it's not. <laughs> kids coal, aren't getting like, black long anymore. Are, like, exactly. kids are just working at McDonald's. Like, it's not a big exactly. deal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so it's just a whole mess of shit that's going on. And I just like I, we talked about it before, but like Nicholas Pacone of the Peace Freaks podcast, he told me a long time ago, over a year ago, he said, "Look." The Mises Caucus, if at like, they're going to destroy the Libertarian Party. And he's like, that's a good thing. He's like, don't worry. He's like, Phil, that's a, or Otto, like, that's a good thing. And he's like, don't worry about it. So and even as a few months ago, he showed up to the Pittsburgh um, Mises Caucus event with Jeff Dice and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, he told Michael Heiss, he's like, yeah, you guys are going to destroy the Libertarian Party without just, just because they're going to freak out. Everyone's going to freak out and they're going to lose their shit. And and I'm like, I think this is a microcosm of what's going on. Like, why I don't think the the liberty movement within the Republican Party has a chance because it's the same thing that's going to happen on a bigger scale with the Republicans, with these a lot of these liberty Republicans, quote unquote. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, uh, Buck, are you cool to stick around for after hours podcast? Yep, I am. Awesome. Cool. Nice. cool. You yeah. know what? Well, we, we've uh, what's that? What's that? that your OnlyFans? 
Is that yeah. yeah, for OnlyFans. Yeah, for exactly. Otto's OnlyFans. That's when <laughs> that's when Otto gets naked. Oh, yeah. it's a treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, like I d- listen. So thank you so much for everyone for checking in. We're gonna we're gonna hop on over to our after hours, and if you guys want to check out our after hours, please sign up for our Patreon. Um, for little as a dollar a month, you get to check it out. Buck's gonna stick around. Alex, Jared, we're all gonna stick around. And talk about this a little bit more. Um, if you guys don't want to give out to Patreon, please go to our um our page uh, prlfans.com. There's other ways to donate to our show with crypto anything else you want to go to so um we also have t-shirts for sale at libertariancountry.com if you use the code prl or prl podcast you get yourself a 10 percent discount if you want to spend 50 dollars or more you get yourself a 20 percent discount with the code prl2 uh we are brought uh, brought to you tonight by um hidden in plain sight by moral bob in his podcast and uh, Buck, if you want to tell people where they can find you and um, anything you want to shout out right now, just go for it. Yeah, yeah, you can find me. It's easiest. Just go to the main websites at counterflowpodcast.com. Got t-shirts. Still have a couple of old Death to Tyrants t-shirts on clearance, but those are going quickly. Um, it's got all the links, social media. It's got Instagram, Twitter, at Buck Rebel. And the Facebook page has got every episode there, counterflowpodcast.com. Nice awesome well uh until next time everybody live free or die state is a good break with the blood that is shed drenching the flags and the tax bombs and red poisons by a few at the expense of the many soldiers and gods and their machines you can't justify killing by economic gain for bad country and democracy you can put freedom in death point in a fine land you suffer the truth then bring them home